We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. Finally, it's time to talk boxing on our show to close out the week. Huge matchup this weekend here in Vegas. Terrence Crawford versus Sean Porter. Crawford's biggest test at welterweight so far. far. Going to answer a lot of questions there. We also have to talk about Canelo now moving up to 200 pounds to chase a title. Um, That was approved just the other day, and then we have all of last week to talk about David Benavidez, Jaime Munguia, tons of fights to talk about that went down last weekend. But to start this off, Dre, did you see this last night? Drake and Kanye squashed the beef. No, they didn't. (laughs) They're arm in arm. They're hugging. Dave Chappelle is there. You ever had a family? Like, you have family members. Of course. You ever get in a fight with your family member and you hate them and your parents are like, hug now and everything's okay? Sure. Yeah, that's what happens. I mean, that there, makes there, sense. There's, I, don't, I don't trust for five minutes that so, are, it's okay all of a sudden. So James Prince is the father figure of this? Is like, clearly. Kids play nice. Yes. Yeah, I mean, somebody else saw what I cheated. If, if James Prince wanted Ben Simmons back on the basketball court, the Sixers, <laughs> he'd make it happen. And Ben Simmons would be shooting threes. <laughs> that's, that's James Prince. That's what he's doing. So I saw the, I saw the picture and people were like, oh, yay, Kanye and Drake are friends again. I'm like, no, they're not. No. They've been friending me since day one. I love that James Prince is just on the right side of that picture, just like, just I mean, does anybody see it? something wrong with the fact that James <laughs> Prince has to be in every picture because he's overseeing all of this? Yeah. James Prince is just like, all right, say it. <laughs> say it. I'm sorry. Say it. We're friends. You know, like, why? Like, here's a question. Why is James Prince there? I don't. I mean, he's everywhere with Kanye now, it appears. But, you know, because he was cool with Drake. Years yeah, ago, always. On the rap a lot days. Yep. So it's like, I remember when Pusha and Drake had beef? Who was there? James Prince. And what happened when James Told Prince? Drake. Got a, oh, it was over. Right? No more. Squash. James, James Prince. It's not a coincidence that James Prince and Kanye were at the fight. No. James Prince is like, what you doing, Kanye? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Bugging out a bit. I'm in Atlanta. He's like, you're going to the fight. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. I'll see you there, James. <laughs> That's how that worked out. And now it's like, you got beef with my boy? 
well, you know, you know, Kanye's all stupid or whatever. Well, you know, ah, uh, well, you're going to squash that. ASAP. ASAP, yeah. <laughs> you know Larry Hoover? You're going to do a podcast with him. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, so there's this thing in Toronto. Kanye, what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to, you're going to be in Toronto. Yep. Okay. We're going. <laughs> yep. Now, stand there and take a picture. You look, Kanye doesn't even look like he wants to take a picture. He's just like, oh, man. <laughs> like, shit. Clearly just being made to take the picture. Probably in between, like, photos, he, like, looks over to James. Like, is that good? Yeah, is that okay? Yeah, this, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Show more teeth. I just don't trust Kanye to keep the peace very long. Kanye, from day to day, just switches it up. Like, what he says today may not be what he says tomorrow. He might forget what he said yesterday. Yeah. He might make up something new tomorrow. He on the drink champs joint. He was like, "Oh, I completely forgot. I just saw Talib like the other day. Like yeah. he was like, oh yeah, we just saw each other like a week ago. Like he doesn't understand time anymore. Like, no, it's, it's a foreign concept to him. I I think once you're a billionaire though, like what what does it matter? Like uh, what do days matter at that? Point? Nothing matters, right? No, he just got a lot of time on his hands. The money is making itself at this point. So it's just like, what else do I have to do? You Hang know, out with James Prince? Yeah, stay alive. Like, don't mess with James Prince. <laughs> that's it. Like, just, that's it. Don't ever say something funky about James Prince, or that'll be the end of Kanye West. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Never goes against someone on your timeline. It's like, what happens when he starts dissing James Prince? Yeah, I was like, oh. Excuse me? There's, like, Kanye's Wikipedia page will disappear. <laughs> yeah, no. People do a lot of crazy stuff. Talking about James Prince is not you one. You never heard? I mean. No one. And, and the beautiful thing is, because it's a boxing show, and James Prince is a boxing. Nobody messes with James Prince. No. James Prince everywhere. Nobody says anything bad about him. And his stable of young fighters is just growing and growing and yeah. growing. I bet you they don't cross him. Oh, hell no. No one's going to say anything to him. He's 10 years from now, he'll be Al Heyman. Like, because he has that many young fighters. And he'll just have a full stable, and someone will look at James and be like, Yo, James, what are, you, what are we doing? Like, do you want to be, like, a promoter? Do you want to, like, he just wants Al Heyman, puppet master in the back? Um, again, smart move by top rank. Got in with him early, and he's at every fight with Bob. He's chilling. They treat him right. He'll funnel talent in for the next decade because people say whatever they want, and maybe, like, Bob is older and he's not cool to, like, a lot of young kids. You know who is cool? James Prince. You know who's cool to them? Drake. Kanye, Migos, when James Prince is like, yo, you want someone to walk you out? Anyone, name it. And they're like, all right, that's pretty damn cool. So kids will sign to him. Ipso facto, they sign the top rank. It's, it's a smart, smart person to pair yourself with. Yeah. Again, you can't do shady business with him, though. No. Shit will go left you know, quick. The fighters are saying, hey, I want to have, you know, Shakur says Migos, and, he, and James is like, I'm going to make it happen. Now, what everybody doesn't know is like, that comes with a price. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's respect, whatever it is, you're going to pay for it one way or another. So yep. nobody crosses James Prince. The James Prince, Al Heyman story is uh, very interesting. But, uh, yeah, I don't trust uh, Kanye to keep the peace forever. It'll be interesting. The other Kanye thing I saw on your timeline had me even more hyped than the stupid squashing stuff with Drake. Someone posted on your timeline, great thread, what is Kanye's? Best beat ever. Mm -hmm. I got lost in this thread for like 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> because once you pointed out, they're like, yo, people don't know what Kanye produced and didn't produce. No, I have a clue. 
So like some of their favorite Kanye tracks, like uh, not really his beat. Like Devil in a New Dress. Nope, that was Bing. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's like all right. You gotta, like, gotta read the down credits. and out. Nope, that wasn't Kanye. Who did down and out? Um, damn, I like that beat too. I can't remember who did it. Wasn't Kanye? What's your favorite Kanye beat? I was a bit like I've always liked this can't be life, um, because what Scarface and, and uh, it's more what the MCs did on it, but okay. it was like one of the first times I heard a soul sample, a soul chop like that on a very mainstream record. This can't be life. Um, Slum Village is selfish. Uh, Gorilla Monsoon rap. It's near the top of my list. Crack music. I'm pretty sure Kanye did that. I might have to, I might have to look. See, this is how I was bad about it is. say, yeah, I, I think he did that beat, right? He didn't I, write that No, verse. he didn't write it. Rhyme Fest wrote it. I don't know if that's public information. Rhyme Fest told me that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, everybody knows Rhyme Fest yeah, writes Kanye I mean, stuff. Of course, but of course. If I let the cat out the bag, whoops. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm trying to think what else is. Uh, Get By is my favorite Kanye. Get by? Yeah. Okay. And he produced it, which is it's cool. I mean, Quali let everything out. Ooh, Drive back. Slow. Drive Slow is also Ooh, okay. Oh, Drive Slow is really yeah. good. I mean, Kanye's got beats. It's just, it was just funny people naming beats, and especially as, as more, it's kind of like Dr. Dre, right? The further he gets in his career, the less that he does. Yeah. He just comes in, like, turns buttons. This is my beat now. <laughs> it's like, all right. Like, same with Diddy. Pop's been doing that his entire career. Yeah, let me turn this like, knob. Yeah. There is a, uh, there's an interview with Slip Quali and Evidence. Well, they talk about the making of Last Call, because that's Evidence's beats, yeah. not Kanye's. Oh, yeah. I think I saw that interview, too. And Evidence is basically like, he made it, and you know Kanye took it, and because he couldn't get the sample cleared, he got people to replay the instrument, yep. instruments. And he said Evidence came in. They was like, they had to <laughs> negotiate who produced the song. And Kanye was like, well, I made it. And Evidence was like, wait, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I twist some knobs here and there. Yep. And Evidence was like... He's like, I changed beats. Yeah. The, the drums. Yeah, he was like, oh, that's, you know, the 808 is a little bit deeper now. Yeah. But that's what happens to these guys. And people are like, people that said Last Call was their favorite Kanye beat, I was like, it's not a Kanye beat. And I knew it because I've been a big fan of Evidence for a long time. And Evidence is one of the most slept on producers that raps. And when I heard Last Call, I was like, that's not a Kanye beat. And I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's not a Kanye beat. But I see people like, that's a Kanye beat. It's like, no, it's not. So that thread was very fascinating because people were picking some of the great Kanye songs because immediately my, one of my favorites is Devil in a New Dress. And when people kept saying it, I was like, he didn't do that. Bink did that. Yep. I mean, and Kanye, again, he has a great ear for beats. Like, yeah. he, he understands, like, what tracks he can make better, how he can make them better. Um, I, I get it. But at the end of the day, that's why, like, throwing around the genius label is a little odd. But I, I guess being a genius also is knowing what is great and what isn't great. Yeah, no, I mean, look, man, Kanye is a great producer. Yeah. He's a terrible rapper. I will stand <laughs> on that till the day I die. Kanye is not a great rapper, but he's a phenomenal producer. Um, oh, another Kanye beat, You Don't Know My Name for Alicia Keys. Ooh. Incredible beat. Kanye, Kanye understands music. And as long as Kanye stays in his lane, this is one time, like, shut up and make beats. <laughs> like, don't, don't, I don't want to hear about clothes. I don't want to hear about nothing. I don't want to bleach, but I don't want to hear about none of that. Shut up, make beats. He's really good at it. He is. And I would say he's a genius when it comes to production. Anything outside of that, he's a moron. <laughs> it's, it, it, I think he does well with the fashion stuff. I mean, I don't like that any stuff of his is, stuff. There is nothing that Kanye's ever worn that I was like, yo, I got to get that. Nah. Not from I his mean, own collection. Red Octobers were dope. I'm not a sneakerhead. I was not paying that much for them. No, it was ridiculous. But I appreciate what they are. Yeah. Um, and the first... 
boot the Yeezy, not boots, but the Yeezy like boost looking joints for Adidas. Um, I don't know what they're called, like three fifties or something. I don't. Know. I, I'm just. Not- but the joints that are like knit on the top, those are really dope. Yeah, they're dope. And then after that, it jumped the shark. Yeah, well, they're like half Crocs. Yeah, like they're ridiculous. Yo, but- he sold someone the shell. Yeah, of a shoe. This, I mean, but this is cult following. This is celebrity <laughs> culture. This is what it does. Nevertheless, uh, yeah, James Prince, congratulations. You brought them together. I don't know how long it'll stay together. They're talking about like doing, I bet you they end up doing like a benefit concert for Larry Hoover. It'd be like Drake and Kanye. And I don't know. I don't, the one person, the wild card in all this is really Pusha. Ooh. Because I wonder if Pusha just sits there and is like, man. And they'd be like, shh, don't you say that, Pusha. I, I mean, didn't they ask him, like, oh, you signed, was it Pusha and Big Sean before he went on the rant, saying, like, the worst thing yeah, he did was... Yeah, that's when he crapped all over Big Sean. Sean. Yeah, I feel like he's not on the best of levels with Push right now, either. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, Pusha's... Pusha seems like just a whatever yeah, type dude. Like, guy. Yeah, so he's like, I'll do whatever. But, um, yeah, just, it's, it's weird. I was like, yo, Kanye's everywhere. Just different topics all over the internet. I was like, God, it's Kanye overload right now. It is. Wouldn't be surprised to see Kanye at the fight no, this I weekend. I don't want to see that. <laughs> Your quick flight from Toronto? No? no. Sit, you know, sit right next to you at the fight? Mm-mm. Oh, it was shenanigans at the fight. He fell asleep in Atlanta. I was watching the man sleep mid-fight. Like, didn't care. He was out. Just slumped. Because he didn't want to be there. James Prince like, you're going to come to this fight. And he was like, but James, I'm sleepy. Like when your parents used to make you go to church as a kid, you just used to sleep through everything, but you didn't want to be there. That's what the fight was for. It's <laughs> a great comparison. Um, last thing to talk about on this opening segment was a barstool sports thing. I sent it to everyone in our group chat. Yeah, that's we start. Yeah, barstool immediately, red flag. Yeah, <laughs> all the red flag emojis. <laughs> yeah, red flag. Uh, Barstool, anything with like black people, red flag. <laughs> they put out a list, the top 10 female singers of all time. Gotta be troll, but I loved it. I'll run down this list. Mm-hmm. I just want to see the disgust on your face. Okay. Number one, Mariah Carey. No. All right. No. Two, Whitney Houston. She should be number one. If, wait. First thing I say, if this is purely on talent, singing. Singing talent. Yeah, just singing. Vocal talent. There's nobody touching Whitney Houston. Okay. This is what Mariah, Whitney, I feel like that's one and two, whichever way you want to go. Sure, why not? Vocal talent. Three, JoJo. Throw the list in the trash. Get it out of here. <laughs> JoJo's ne- like, come on, man. JoJo number three? I only know that one song from when she was a teenager. She and can that sing. Shit was hot. The girl can sing. JoJo number three? All time. Like, come on. Keep going. For Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga can sing. Yeah. But she's very recency bias. She shouldn't be that high. Five Aretha. Yes. Six Beyonce. Okay. Uh, keep going. Seven Ashley Simpson. What? <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't come on, man. I, That's so I far couldn't school. tell you three Ashley Simpson songs. I'm just as a vocalist? No. Keep going. Did she like, was she lip syncing on SNL and then just completely like blanked and did like a little crazy dance? No, Ashley Simpson's not in the top 10 greatest singers of all time. No, that's ridiculous. Uh, Eight, Tina Turner. Nine, Adele. Ten, Addison Rae. What? 
Okay. Talent. One person who should absolutely be on this list is Jennifer Hudson. Oh, yeah. Jennifer, Jennifer Hudson can sing just about anybody under the table. She doesn't make great music, but she can sing. <laughs> Her and Whitney almost have the same problem. Whitney made a lot of great songs, though. Oh, good. Caught yourself. Yeah. No, but I'm People just saying, like, for you. Whitney's singing ability exceeded the quality of music she put out. It's really hard to get like to match those two things together. Adele's another phenomenal singer, but if you gave it's funny because if you gave Adele's material to Jennifer Hudson, it would be even better. But the okay. only thing about Adele's material is it's all like very sad. Yeah, I mean, it's great. She can she has sing. A melancholy life. Yeah, that's that's good. That's her lane. But Jennifer Hudson is one of the greatest singers of all time. There's there's a woman missing from this list that is absurd, and I could tell the age of the people who made this list. How is Celine Dion not on this list? Oh yeah, Celine got to be top five. She is. Celine Joe got, over Celine. Yo, Celine got range. Oh. Like Celine, Celine Dion is incredible. There's no way JoJo should be number three. Ashley Simpson. Get you out. Know who's here. never lip sang, sang a song? Celine oh. Dion. She like, no. crushing shit. I've been to Celine. <laughs> I went to see Celine Dion at Caesar's Palace. Took my wife because my wife is a big fan, and I was like, I was in awe of the range that this woman still has. Crazy. Like, there's no way Celine shouldn't be on this list. JoJo and Ashley Simpson. It's like JoJo. Addison Ray. I don't even know why. Like, who? What? What? Why? I don't know. Like, where do they see Addison? Fantasia is another one who could be on this list. Fantasia is a phenomenal vocalist. You know what? Something about her voice I don't like. Well, it's very unique. It I is. I can see why some people wouldn't like it. But it's like halfway to Macy Gray. If you put Addison Ray on the list, you're putting Fantasia on the list. Yeah. I mean, I mean if, if you're putting JoJo on anybody's list in 2021, you're completely neglecting that all these other singers exist. Crazy. Like, there's so many. And I know I'm just forgetting about singers 60s, 70s. I mean, there's, there's Patti LaBelle. There's Patrice oh. Russian. There's Evelyn Champagne King. Like, there are. There oh, are, what's the Shaka Khan? There's like. What's the chick who's on uh, Fire and Desire? Oh, Tina Marie. Tina Marie. Like, like I mean. What? In terms of singing? Come on. Again, like I've seen JoJo singing. I'm like, wow, she's got a really sweet voice. Yeah. She ain't no Tina Marie. She ain't no goddamn Chaka <laughs> Khan. She, I mean, like, she cut it out. Like, but this is barstool trolling. And this is one of those moments where you go, there needs to be a black pe- person in the room that's like, no. That's not yeah. it. Because even me as a black person in the room would be like, Celine Dion has to be on this list. Got to be someone over reason. 30 in the room. Yeah, about that? that too. But <laughs> Celine Dion, yeah, man, get this list out of here. <laughs> JoJo number three? You know what? I don't think Beyonce should be on this list. Top 10 vocalists of all time. I can see her I landing on this list. I think she can sing. She can make great music. Brandy should be on this list. Brandy can sing. Brandy can sing. Beyonce makes great music. I don't think vocally she's that amazing. She's not the top 10 vocalist. She's, she's pretty good. But I, I can see her a scenario where she's on the list. I can see a scenario where she's left off. She ain't Shaka Khan. No, she ain't Celine Dion. I'm yeah, going like, to keep going back to yeah, Celine. Like, and even Mariah Carey, number one, is suspect to me because Mariah can't, like, I know people enjoy that range and the high pitches that she hits, but there ain't nobody that's saying like Whitney. No. There's just. I mean, Mariah's really close. The difference between Mariah and Whitney is Mariah can make songs and hits. I mean, yeah, but. Constantly. Well, we're just talking about singing. Singing, yeah. I mean, I'm okay with Mariah being over Whitney. Is that blasphemy? Yeah, it ain't. No, nah, man. Mariah has crazy right I need to fight Barstool for leaving Celine Dion <laughs> off this list. And Jennifer Hudson, man, go back and watch Dream Girls. And just, Jennifer Hudson is incredible. Great singers of all time. Ashley, Ashley Simpson? Simpson? <laughs> Boo! Yeah, that, that, that gives yeah. four thumbs down. <laughs> so, yeah, nah, that, that was crazy, man. Um, I, I needed 
your input on that because I'm I don't, like, no way. No, man. I, no I, way. You know, I love R&B. I love singing. I love soul singers. Yeah. And I love female vocalists. But never in my wildest dreams would I say, yeah, JoJo's one of the greatest singers of all time. Third. The third <laughs> greatest of all time. Any era. Who's like, drunk? <laughs> somebody was drunk making Everyone. this list. And somebody's like, we should put JoJo on the list. And they were like, all right, let's slip through the cracks. There's just no way. Yeah, there's like a 19-year-old in office. Like, yo, I love JoJo. Yeah, no. Just well, go it. ahead and put Britney Spears on the list while you're at yeah, it. Yeah, just play like three JoJo TikToks. And they were like, all right, she's on here. Get out of here. It's ridiculous. Let's get out of here. Uh, let's hit the break. Come back because it's a major fight week. We have so much boxing to talk about that we have to get into that. But we're actually going to start off by talking about Canelo. And he's going for history, and some people really dislike it. I don't know why. We'll talk about that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Back right after this. Hey, everyone. It's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back. Time to talk boxing. Canelo Alvarez, first off, WBC had their meetings um, where they list out their rankings and make it kind of a spectacle now. Like, okay, these are how everyone's ranked in every division, one through five in the WBC. And then at the end, they name mandatories if it's time to name mandatories for belts. So during this point, we, we get the list. Everything's listed out kind of how we knew um, Teofimo Lopez is a champion with the WBC. It is clear now, just like Loma would have been a champion if he would have beat Teofimo, he would have been undisputed. Teofimo has that same designation. He is undisputed champion. If everyone needed stuff. I just ask people, if Loma would have beaten Teofimo, would he have been undisputed champion? Yes. Who would you ask? What do you mean? Who would you ask? I've been asking. I've been asking around. Like I'm WBC saying, said it. Like I'm just saying. Going into that fight, it was for Loma to become undisputed champion. It doesn't make any sense. Then why is Devin Haney the WBC champion? I don't because they gave him the belt. Why? Because they Loma gonna didn't work fight out a fight. Yeah. Loma didn't fight Haney. They franchised. Loma. They're on two different channels, I know. networks, I'm promotions. Mandatories, mandatories. Loma didn't fight Haney. The WBC decided to franchise Loma, which was a bad decision in the first place. Yep. Haney gets the title. And then you, you can't go back. Haney gets injured, drops the title. But they gave it back to him. Gave it back to him. At that point, they should have just gave it to Loma. Hey, this, this is the That's WBC's That's they messed story. up. This, yeah. this, like, this is not Devin Haney's fault. This is not Teofimo Lopez's no. fault. This is nobody's fault but the WBC's for making this very complicated. Yep. It shouldn't be this complicated. It's not. But... Teofimo's the franchise champion. His name is listed above Devin Haney. What does that even mean? I don't know what it means. Like it if means I'm the you WB... beat the guy who was the guy, but there's someone underneath you who we gave the belt to who hasn't beaten anyone. They should have called him the interim champion, though, right? Devin. Oh, hands down. He should have been the interim champion. They blew champion. it. This is yeah. a, a disaster. So like, I, that's why I won't say he's like he should be yeah. a disputed champion. But as WBC, you got to play by your rules. 
Yep. You make these nonsensical rules, you got to live and die by them. And they made the rules that said he is the franchise champion. He is undisputed. This, this I don't, is dumb. It's ridiculous. This is really dumb. But he beat the guy who was the guy. He, granted, same promotion. He had the shot. I don't know if Dave, Devin might have done the same. So who, what can I say about that? But Devin, to this point, has beat anybody. Yes. Of note. And he hasn't been impressive beating anybody. His resume to Teofimo's resume is completely different. Doesn't matter. He has the belt. Everybody got a belt. No, he has what the WBC calls their title. Their WBC championship belongs to Devin Haney. They made a franchise championship. It's ridiculous. They they messed this up. This is the only reason, like, Teofimo Lobo, yes, he should be undisputed champion. What they messed up even now, what they messed up at this meeting, is not declaring that Teofimo and Devin have to fight. Yeah, that's it. Because they can make someone a mandatory, even though they, they have fights coming up, and then you can just blow your mandatory status if you lose. But make them the mandatory. The yeah. winner of Devin and JoJo has to fight Teofimo Lopez. Yes. And he could have cleared it all up. That's Yesterday it. wasn't done. No. This is but nonsense. during that meeting, we did get Canelo Alvarez. Well, really, it was Eddie Reynoso. Shows up. What's up? The, the victory lap. Everyone's like, oh, he's just here. Like Floyd was there. It's like, oh, he just really wants to, you know, show out, hey, you know, trainer of the year, back to back. Like everyone thought he was just there. Maybe get that little trainer's belt that they give away. Nope. He stood up in the meeting. I was like, oh, by the way, my fighter, Canelo Alvarez, would like to be the mandatory challenger to the WBC title at 200 pounds, cruiserweight. And then WBC was like, yeah, sure. They're like, cool. What? Say less. So Canelo, when he returns in May, as long as everything's healthy, um, there's a mandatory title defense already uh, for the champion um, there. But as long as everyone gets through that fairly healthy, looks like Canelo's going to be going for his fifth world championship in a different division. There's never been a Mexican-born fighter to hold titles in five different divisions. He'd be the first. I love the move. We talked about this at the end of last fight. And I was like, yo, I think he can pull a Roy Jones, go up, and cherry pick one of these cruiserweights because they're, if we're being honest, not as tough as fighting a Baval, a Bitter Biev. The only thing you got to overcome is size because yeah. they're not as skilled as those other two guys. And I think they made the right move. He's fighting uh, the WC champions, Makabu, and Makabu's like 25 and 2. We've only seen him fight like once. Yeah, um, he seemed pretty decent. It's two losses, though. Both knocked out. Yeah. Got knocked out. Look, man, th- I've said this for years now. Canelo's not here to fight people for no reason. Yep. If he got a belt, he wants it. If you don't have a belt, he doesn't care. Like, people, I've seen people immediately go, oh, he hasn't fought David Benavidez. Why? I know you want it, yep. but WB, like David Benavidez, he could have fought Canelo. Could have. If he stayed off the nose candy. And kept his weight right. The weight is the bigger problem. Well, I'm just saying both of them. Like, he lost the WBC no, yeah. the title the first time for test positive for cocaine. Yeah. The second time he lost it was for the scale. Canelo would have fought him. Yep. They're like, people's like, he's ducking him. No, he's not. If he had a belt. Plant would have never had that belt, right? Yes. If, if. Or no, they just let Canelo fight for the vacant belt. That's what it, it was. was. The WBC, it was, WBC was uh, the Callum Smith fight. Yeah. They, it was oh. vacant and they, they made him a mandatory. Yeah, yeah. Yes. They just threw it in. Yes. But that's Benavidez's fault. It's not Canelo's fault. Canelo no. said, I'm going to be undisputed. Canelo said, I'm going to fight everybody who has a belt. Fought everybody who has a belt. 
undisputed champion. Now, people are like, well, you should fight, fight David Benavidez. In Canelo's mind, he's like, I can always fight him. He's not going anywhere. No, he's like 24. Got he's nothing like, but time. So, but I want to make history. So I'm going to go fight for another belt. And people are being very critical of Canelo not cleaning out the division. He did. He's a champion. He's undisputed. I know David Benavides is there. But he doesn't have a title. Canelo's going to fight for this, this fifth title. And guess what? If David Benavides becomes the interim champion, Canelo might go, I'm going to come back and get what's mine. Yep. All this, there's, there's a few things that are about to happen. As we enter the new year, Canelo's going to watch Triple G's fight very closely. Oh, yeah. When we're up. He's going to watch that extremely closely. He's already seen what David Benavides could do. And now he's got this cruiserweight. Just be, this doesn't mean he's definitely going to take it. Chances are he probably will. Now, should he take it in May? There's people saying, ah, maybe he should take it not in between the May and September fights. My problem with that is that's a quick turnaround. What are y'all trying to do with Canelo and his weight? He's not going to fight at, at 68 against a 200-pounder. He's no. going to beef up. And then he's going to have to lose the weight. No pun intended. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's going to have to go back down, whether it's to light heavy or whatever it is. That's what ended up doing Roy Jones in. It is. The, the drastic cut after Roy. Yeah. Like he couldn't after. He went all the way up to heavyweight to fight John Ruiz. He came back down to fight Antonio Tarver. He looked sluggish. Yep. His ego got in the way and said, hey, fight him again. And it was like, dog, you're not the same. This weight cut has affected your reflexes. And then he got knocked out. Yep. Roy Jones has never been the same again. So if people asking Canelo to make a quick turnaround, I'm like, ah. and I know people are like, you give Canelo a lot of breaks. I'm not. I'm just being realistic. Yeah. You know what the man wants, and he wants world titles. There's a reason why he's not fighting in January or February. No, it's because he's going to take these six months to get his body right to fight at 200 pounds. Why? But but crazy is like, why are y'all being so critical? The man just fought four times in a calendar year. Nobody at that level does that. People are like, he's ducking better Vitez. Ducking what? He yeah, he's not ducking four champions. Like he beat all the. If you had a belt, he or was three coming champions for it. in a mandatory. Yeah, if he had a belt, he was coming for it. He made it very clear what his intentions are. Benavides was on that list. He would have fought him too. But now we're going to be critical because he fought four times in a year. How many times did Floyd fight four times in a year? How many times did Manny fight four times in a year? How many times did your favorite pound for pound fight, Andre Ward, Sergey Kovalev, Gennady Golovkin? They didn't do it. Yep. Canelo did, and it's not like Canelo. The only fight fight that was. Was your theorem fight? Was like, oh, okay. And that was, he was fought a mandatory. Yeah, he fought a mandatory, yeah. got him out the way so he could get another title. So, what are we doing complaining about what Canelo's doing here? My favorite part of this is that it ends the dumbest Canelo narrative out there. And that is Canelo doesn't fight black fighters. This is another dumb one. <laughs> it's, it's the I, worst. I've sat here and listened it's to the this. the worst I, narrative in boxing. I've listened to this. All right. Canelo fought Floyd, Canelo fought Arasandi Lara. The only name that people keep bringing up that he has to fall is Jamel Charlo. The problem is they have not been in the same damn weight class. Yep. It's the reason why they haven't fought. And people was like, well, he ducked it when he was his mandatory. That's not what happened. Yep. I've said this like 10 times. That is, he was never declared Canelo's mandatory. Because if he was, he Canelo would have probably fought him. That's not what happened. And people are like, oh, well, he should have stayed at 160 longer. To, like, How are you going to tell the man who's squeezing the 160 <laughs> to, to not to stay there? Even for if he's not fighter? squeezing. Listen, he just felt more comfortable at 168. And look what he's doing. And he ran through everything. He and was then, right. And then at 68, y'all tell me who the black fighters are at 68. He fought Jacobs already. Yeah, like he fought Daniel Jacobs two years ago. And y'all complain <laughs> that he don't <laughs> fight black ago. fighters. What's wrong with y'all? <laughs> like, he fought Austin Trout. He fought Arisandi Lara. He fought James Kirkland. What, is y'all, what are y'all talking about? He fought someone else too. Yeah, like 
he has he fought anyone who's in front of him. Like Shane Mosley, I think. Yeah, he fought Shane, but the only person y'all keep bringing up is Charlo. And y'all keep acting like Charlo's this world beater. And I was like, I don't see it. No. Especially if he has to. The craziest thing is people are like, he's going to fight Charlo. He's never going back down. No, Charlo So now Charlo's going to come up. Yeah. I'm not sure how well his power translates to 160 yet. Because it didn't look like he landed some clean shots in his last fight, but he wasn't like dropping people. So that's going to be tough against Canelo anyway. Right. And then at 168. Oh, y'all giving Charlo way too much credit. It's like y'all being goofy, man. Like, <laughs> Canelo is the, he's the breadwinner. He's the champ. And y'all telling him that he needs to go f- seek out challengers to fight? And he said he wants to fight three times. Who's to say he's not going to go cruiser September, come back down, take some time to get his body back, and, and cut down to the weight? September, Benavidez at 68. Or... It'd be smart to go September 175 and just kind of work your body back down, like, incrementally. (laughs) So if he fights, like, a Baval who might have two titles at 175, go there and then set up a December fight or a January fight against a Bitter Beev and clean out a whole nother division. And then go back down to 68. I just don't get what people want him to do. It's almost like Floyd, I hope you're, if you're critical about Canelo, you have to be critical about Floyd. Oh, hands down. Right? Like... Floyd was the breadwinner. Floyd chose who he wanted to fight. And people were like, well, he fought people past their prime. Whatever he did, I hope you have the same energy for Floyd that you do for Canelo. Because Canelo's actually fighting people in their prime. Yes. The best of the best. Cal Smith in his prime. There's no Andre Berto's. There's no Robert none. Guerrero's. There's none of that. Billy Joe Saunders in his prime. Arisani Lara in his prime. Gennady Golovkin in his prime. Twice. Twice. <laughs> Twice. So what are y'all talking about? It's at this point, I could argue Canelo just hit his prime this year. He's thirty-one. He's thirty. Like he just hit his prime. Hey, y'all, y'all he complaining? Got four more years of his prime. And then you're gonna say, well, if he beats Charlie, it's gonna be something else. Y'all just not gonna stop complaining. Y'all did the same thing to Floyd. That's how we know he's great, though. Exactly. It's because all of the complaints. Keep were. crying. And then the only other things to talk about last weekend's fights um, before we get to the big fight this weekend. Last weekend, um, two huge upsets overseas. Bumgarner beats Harper, and uh, Kid Galahad gets KO'd by Boy, Kiko, Kiko Martinez, Martinez knocked him in the next week. He was dominating Kiko in the beginning yeah. of that fight. And then it was supposed to, be, supposed to be an easy walk for Kid, and Kid got knocked out by Kiko. Yeah. Um, the Bumgarner fight is interesting because, you know, we're working to trying to get an undisputed champion because yep. Mikaela Bayer just got two titles. And Bumgarner showed up late. Yep. And it's like... It was funny because when I saw her and I was like, wait, she fights? Right? Like, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And she went over there and she hit her and unplugged her life. Oh, my God. She, my favorite thing about Bumgarner is she talks shit. Like, yeah, real. Like, and <laughs> but when I saw her in the ring, I was like, oh. And second round, it took me. Yeah. I was like, oh, no. there's Oh, she's legit. Yeah, Terry Harper could fight and she got. No. Oh, the punches Ooh. were so crisp and like down the middle. There was no wild swing. Everything was so calculated. The right hand she hit Harper that turned her lights out came over the top of a lazy jab and bang. And she pulled it back so quick, Harper didn't know what happened and then just froze. Yeah, she just got stuck. <laughs> just she just stuck. stuck. It's like somebody hit the pause button. Yeah. <laughs> then the ref was like, oh no, this is over. Yeah. And stepped in because it was a wrap. And I was like, yo, this. And I had Harper at like six on my pound for pound list. Yeah. And we do it at ESPN. I was like, oh, uh, Yes. Hey, you know what the other thing? Black- moving right up into this. Hey, black women are coming up, man. Jessica McCaskill. Yep. 
Bumgarner, you got Clarissa. There's right. women's boxing in a ten year span has gotten so much better. The you know. depth is incredible. The next ten is gonna be serious. Yeah. Because Clarissa is amazing. And she used to go out like to championship. But we're gonna get the first wave of women who've been doing this since they were like six. Because there's Olympics now, there's a path for them. They're pros. They signed to promotions. We're going to get that next wave of women who's like, nah, I've been boxing since I was five years old. And, like, Jim's let me in there, and my technique is crazy. I've been sparring since I was, like, eight. And then it's, it's like we saw in MMA. Ronda was amazing. We got that first wave of people who've been doing this since they were, like, 10. Changed the game. Ronda couldn't do nothing. <laughs> it was like, yo, it was, it was a whole different level. So I think I love this influx of talent to women's boxing. And then we had um, Jaime Munguia beating Gabe Rosado. Good fight. Um, Great fight. I don't know if Jaime's ready, man. He, like, he won the fight pretty cleanly, but at 60, I'm curious who they pair him with next. Well, at the WBC meetings, coincidentally, oh, yeah, they, they laid out his next two fights. Who they say? Derevchenko, as long as he wins in December, uh-huh. which is going to be tough. Yeah. He's on the tank undercard. Yes. Derevchenko's amazing. Those two are fighting next. February, the winner of that becomes a mandatory, and they have to fight Charlo before the end of the year. If it all plays out, that'll be good. Um, it was a good fight. Rosado is just, he's tough. If Rosado was a UFC fighter, he'd beat Nate Diaz. Yeah. Because <laughs> he fights everybody. He doesn't beat them all, but he comes to fight. Yep. So, yeah. And listen, he almost landed that same crazy knockout punch. It missed, and he, he was like, a ton Ooh. Of traps. It was traps all night. Yeah, and he's a smart fighter, and Munguia, you know, navigated that and took the win. But, yeah, these next two fights, like, Derevchenko's no joke. So we're going to find out about Munguia real quick. Yeah. Because the power better be real if you think you're hurting that guy. It's pretty good. So we'll, we'll see real quick for him. And then the other fight, David Benavidez, I mean, had a late replacement. Kid was game, but Benavidez Look, beat him up. They just walked through him like it was nothing. I, I love, like, I want David Benavidez to fight Charlo. I've said it from the beginning. You have, like, I posted on Twitter, people lost their mind. They're like, oh, Canelo would counter him. I was like, I don't, I know what you're trying to say, but I'm telling you, this is the kind of fighter who can beat Canelo. Yeah. Not saying he'll do it, but you have to have that mindset. Yep. Everybody who's fought Canelo freezes. His chin better match up, though. Yeah, I mean, he's been put down, but that's that's the key because his defense is not great. His head no. is on a line. He's gonna throw 30 punch combinations, and something's gonna come back. Look, and it's all true. I'm just saying the style. Like, you can't be Caleb Plant. Yep. You can't be Callum Smith. You can't be Billy Joe Saunders. None of them can beat Canelo. You have to be somebody that throws punches from all kind of angles. And can win rounds by outworking Canelo. Yep. Because Canelo is economical with his punches. It's the only way to beat him. I'm not saying David could do it. I'm saying it's the style. Yep. You throw his hands and people like, like Triple G. They like, looked at the Porky Medina fight and it was like, well, you think Canelo's just gonna stand there? It's not my point. My point is, is that he throws like 12 punch combinations. Yeah. And yes, Canelo could counter him, but what if Canelo doesn't? What yep. if Canelo slips a couple rounds? That's how Gennady Golovkin fought him. Yep. He's bigger than Gennady, he's faster than Gennady. I don't, he's not stronger than Gennady. Gennady's was a, was a killer. But that's the style that you have to have where you just don't care and you're going to throw hands. If you get hit, you get hit. Gennady got hit by everything from Canelo. Yeah, the chin held up. Yeah, that, nothing, that was a difference. None of this mattered. No. So if Benavides can stand up, because what people don't know, David Benavides sparred Gennady Golovkin when he was like 18. And he stood up to all this. Abel Sanchez told me, he was like, yo, he was like, that kid, he was fat. This was David was yeah, a fat was, kid. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, everybody, Kovalev, hits him with everything he's got. And he was like, nobody could put him away in Spartan. He's going to be the real deal. This is 10 years ago. 
So that means David Benavides was like six nine years ago. So David yeah. Benavides was like sixteen. He's he's the one that could do it, but I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I think Canelo still should be the favorite, but that style, and then people are gonna go, well, why does Canelo fight him? Because he doesn't have to. Yeah, there's no belt yet. Oh, if go he if he gets the title, then he'll fight him. But chill. David yeah. Benavides is 24 years old. Relax. Um, Benavides representation was at the WBC meeting. Said he wants to come back in February. And WBC did not make him mandatory, but they said he can fight for the interim belt, which is a step closer. So I don't know who he fights on that list. I, didn't, I still want him to fight Caleb Plant. I still want that fight to happen, but Caleb's not coming back that soon. No. And then you, that's tough. That fight has to happen still. It does. They have real beef. Yeah, yeah. Like they have the, real they deal legitimately beef. real beef. And uh-huh. I think, to be completely honest, I think David Benavidez might be better suited for 75. Yeah, I mean, he makes. He has troubles making. Those That's what I'm saying. Costs. So if you're killing yourself, you go to 75 and you win a title of 75, you're getting the Canelo fight. Oh, yeah. 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 That's the easiest way to get the yeah. Canelo fight. So like you go to 75, you get a title, and Canelo's like, all right, yep. I'm coming to get it. Those titles aren't easy to come by, though. No, they're not. I mean, Baval is tough. Baval, Ben they're, they're all tough fights. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy. Who's the other one? Joe Smith? Yeah, well, Joe Smith can get out of here. Yeah, I think Devin Benavides watches Joe Smith. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Joe Smith is about to fight. I think Jacobs or someone. I don't know. Whatever for that title, like going forward. So yeah. that division has to work its way out while Canelo is doing other stuff. So Canelo's playing this smart. He's playing chess, not checkers. Yeah, he's gonna get his fifth title. He's gonna beat this dude. I and mean, see damn. how everything else plays out. Yeah, he's gonna be like, all right, who's got another title for me? Yep, coming to get him. Belt collecting. Man's over here making history, man. Y'all gotta relax. Yep. So no, I, I love the moves there. Uh, let's take our final break. When we come back, so much to talk about Crawford, Porter, Fight Week, our official predictions, talking about what happens if both wins. What's, what's next if Crawford wins? What's next if Porter wins? What happens if they lose? There's so many dominoes falling in the welterweight division because of this. So we'll touch on all of that when we get back after break. Don't go anywhere. Back after this. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. All right, we are back. Time to talk Crawford versus Porter. Big fight this weekend here in Vegas. Still early in the week when we're recording this. I haven't been on that end of the strip yet to see how we're vibing. But there's hardly any hotels available in this city. There's a lot of people here. The fight, to my knowledge, no inside baseball or anything, is doing pretty well selling tickets. There's a a big energy around this fight. I think a lot of people have been waiting to see Terrence Crawford tested at this level. And Sean Porter, whether, you know, win, lose, draw, he's given everyone their toughest fight so far. I mean, him and Errol were damn near neck and neck until he got caught with a flash knockdown and then hit the, hit the deck for a second, got up, and he was upset. Went to the court, damn it, because he knew, like, that's the difference maker. Um, Thurman fight, similar. Like, he gives all of these guys problems. So now, we, I mentioned Terrence, like, man, this is his toughest test. This could be the one where you look at Sean and be like, oh, he's right back in the mix 
Oh, yeah. Um, full disclosure, Sean Porter is a friend of mine. So I don't want people to get mixed up. I like Sean as a person. Doesn't have anything to do with how I'm picking this fight. But the fact of the matter is, Sean's never been in a fight that he didn't like. <laughs> and that wasn't fun. And they didn't give his opponent hell. And this is exactly what Terrence Crawford needs. People looked at a lot of fights. The Keith Thurman fight, the Errol Spence fight, which is what we all want to see. But if we want to learn what, what Terrence Crawford is made of, you fight Sean Porter. Yep. There's nobody else that fights like him. And, you know, I've seen people like, well, you know, Sean's a roughhouser and, you know, he doesn't have much technique. All those could be true. Nothing wrong he, with that. He's not fun to fight. <laughs> but everybody else has fought him. So if you want to figure out how good you are, like, there's two ways this can go. Terrence Crawford wins a narrow decision, and you go, all right, cool. He's right there with Errol Spence. Right there. Like, with, they're right with, there. With Keith. Yep. He blows out Sean, and you go, well, shit. He might be close to the number one pound-for-pound pound fighter of all, uh, you know, right now. Or he loses. And you go, wasn't as good as we thought he was. Yep. As for Sean, no matter what happens, unless he gets knocked out, no matter what happens, I don't think anybody can argue with that man's resume. Now that Manny Pacquiao's gone, and you, obviously Canelo has this impeccable resume, Sean Porter arguably has the best resume in boxing. In terms yep. of, he's fought everybody. He's fought your Dennis Ugas, who just beat Manny Pacquiao. Yep, beat him. Beat him. Has a win over a champ. He fought Kell Brook when Kell Brook was still Kell Brook in his prime. Yep. He fought Danny Garcia. Beat Danny Garcia. Gave Errol Spence hell like no other fighter has. Fought Keith Thurman. That fight could have went either way. Yep. Ran over Andre Berto. Ran over Pauli Malignaggi. Like, he fought Devin Alexander when Devin Alexander was a champion. Yep. If you're going to fight somebody that's fought everybody, it's him. This is a hell of a fight. I'm kind of surprised that uh, Sean Porter is like a, last time I checked, like a plus 400 underdog. Yeah, that's a little too much. It's way too much. Because we know what Sean is and how close he's been in those other top fights. And at 147, we're still figuring out what Bud is. Yeah. And people are like, he fought no one at welterweight. Like, let's be real. He got there in 2019. Yeah. So it's like, chill out. Like it's, and, and there was a pandemic. So we're now three years into the division. He really didn't fight during the pandemic because you can't bring up the money enough to kind of make him fight. So he lost probably eight months. So he's had two years and two months, and he's had five fights in that time. That's not bad. And he's fought names, whether you like them or not. He fought his mandatories. You know, we just saw what he did to Kell Brook. Okay, well, Kell Brook's washed. Well, I don't know what to tell. Amir Khan. Oh, he was washed. All right, I don't know what to tell. Like, he's fighting the people in front of him, and now Sean is the next one in front of him. And, again, if, if Bud wins, Sean's never been stopped. No. You say what? He's never been stopped. So, if Bud is able to stop him, I don't think he knocks Sean clean out. But it got to be with a barrage of punches to have the ref step in. I'm not sure, like, Sean's going to let it get to that point. Because, like, he knows how to protect himself. He knows how to make it ugly. He can weather the storm, get back to the corner. He shows that he recovers very well. He's in amazing shape, great condition. So he's a tough guy to get out of there. And I, I look forward to seeing him test Bud. And then if he can pull this one out, like you said, he was close against everyone else. One round. In the Thurman fight, one round in the Spence fight, and he wins. Yeah. He's a round away in each fight. If he gets that one round against Bud, he wins. He's the champion. And then now he's playing ball because now he got the belt. All the belts are at PBC, every single one of them. And now you can go, oh, I already beat Ugas. 
Let's run that. Yep. Ugas feels like he didn't lose that fight. Cool. Let's run it again. Yeah. Your title versus my title. Okay, now we're both going for Spence. Okay, now Spence, let's run it back. You got me with the flash knockdown. That was the difference. But now I'm two champs. So Porter, for just being, he's the Iron Man of this division. For being that, he can be set up for one hell of a close to his career. I'm not even saying it's going to be like a wrap, like he only got two years left. But this this final chapter could be the best chapter of his career. Yeah, it's uh, the other thing is, Sean kind of makes you fight his fight. Yeah, he no puts everybody he's in an uncomfortable position where you have to fight. Errol Spence couldn't use the jab like he did with Mikey Garcia and just keep him at a distance. No. He had Sean in his chest for 12 rounds. And, that's, and I think for a lot of people, that's when we go, man, Errol could fight. Yeah. Because he had to fight. He couldn't box. You're in a fight. Right? Danny Garcia couldn't deal with that pressure. He had a hard time. Keith Thurman, he had to fight. You have to fight him off. Yeah. It's a dog, you know, and a dog gets a bone and just won't let go, and you just keep hitting him, and the dog just clenches down harder. That's what Sean Porter is like. Terrence Crawford, as much as I, like, Terrence Crawford's toughest fight to date in terms of name was Victor Postal. Yeah. And that was six 16? years ago? 2016? Five years ago. Five. Yeah, because that's the last person that went the distance with, with Terrence, Terrence Crawford. Yeah. And Terrence has knocked everybody out since. Yeah, it's incredible. And Victor Postal, that was a fight where they fought at a distance. Yeah. It was a chess match. Yeah. Everybody else, Jeff Horn, Amir Khan, Terrence kind of fought his fight. Yeah. Jose you Benavidez. He's a close range with Terrence. You can hit him. We saw um, Mean Machine. Yeah, Mean you Machine can, hit him and, you know, you, arguably got a knockdown. Knockdown. Yeah, you knockdown. can hit him. But you're playing with fire. And yeah. Terrence likes that close range stuff. And this is going to be all close range. This is, this is going to be all in your chest. So there's a couple of interesting stats. Terrence has, I think, the second best plus minus of all boxers right now. To Canelo? Yes. Okay. Terrence Makes is sense. number two. I think he's like, like a plus like 13 and a half. Sean is a plus point one. Wow. <laughs> like not one, point one. Which means that Sean ain't really hard to hit. Nah, he gets hit. Like if you want to hit him, he's going to be there to be hit because he's coming for you. The problem is, can you put enough on your punches to make him respect you and not co- keep coming for you? I don't know. I don't. But it's punches and bunches. Yeah, I and mean, switch hitter. Yeah, he, you can find many ways to hit you. Mean. You don't need all those. He's mean. That's his best quality. Yeah. He's mean. He mean. If he gets you in trouble, he's gonna finish oh. you. Oh yeah, yeah, like he's, and they're buddy buddy. Yeah. They're friendly, and I, I don't think that's, you know, they're not hiding that. It's not a detriment. No. Like cool. But at this point, Bud's still going to go in there and try to punch him in the face. Yeah, they know it's on the line. Yeah, and when they get in the ring, Bud is mean. Like, he wants to hurt you in the ring. And then he'll, like, you know, apologize to you after. I mean, you know, for Sean, you could say, well, this is like the third time he's been in the biggest fight of his career. Yeah. Right? Like, every time Sean gets in the ring, it's like the biggest fight of his career. Not saying Terrence is not. But I think this is the first time that Terrence could say, this is the big, like, I can't lose this fight. Yeah. Like, I can't. Everything's on the line. And Sean, on the other side, is also saying, I can- absolutely can't lose this fight. If I lose this fight, I'm a gatekeeper. It's over. Yep. You lose this fight, then you're, you're now fighting Boots. You're now fighting Virgil. Yeah, they're putting you're, people there. People, yeah, Those are the people you're fighting. If yeah, you win, you're back in title contention. You're you a three-time, cha- yeah. three-time welterweight champion. I don't know. It's, it's one of the best fights that could be made this year. Sean, I think, 
again, and his willingness to fight everyone, he's going to fight those young kids sooner or later anyway. That's just like his, his destiny in the sport. Yeah. Um, and he's amazing, you know, outside of the ring, like on commentary and everything. Like I think he's lined up for the next 20, 30 years of his life. But Bud, no. this He absolutely can't lose this can't fight. Lose. He doesn't have, like he's not going to the commentary booth. He doesn't have a parade of young people or people to bounce back against. And full disclosure, he's heading into free agency. You can't lose heading into free agency. No, nah, man. No, like whatever bag you thought you were going to get or that you've been owed or that you didn't get or you should be a pay-per-view star like Errol or like now the Tank is coming up on you. Damn near Teofimo is about to be a pay-per-view star. I don't know if that kid ever fights on normal ESPN again. And he's 20-something. You want to prove like, yo, I'm into free agency, but I think it's 34. Like the next three years, I'm cashing out. You can't lose this fight. No, him and Sean are 30 days apart in age. Oh, really? Yeah, Bud was born in September. Sean was born in October. Same year. They started their boxing careers six months apart. Wow. <laughs> Everything is like super close with these two, except it's, their styles. Yeah. Their styles are vastly different. But now it's the turning point, right? Like now it's like, okay, you guys have been on this parallel path, and then now it's, okay, one of us can take this lane. Dude. We can't run side by side anymore. Terrence has... There's so much on the line because you mentioned the bag, free agency. This could be – Terrence could almost damn near fall off the top 10 pound for bound list if he gets beat. Like, if he gets beat up by Sean Porter, oh yeah, it, he's out of here. Yeah, I'm not sure he stays on the pound for No, list. but that's what I'm saying. It's like Sean is – I think Sean has been on this pound for pound list, on the Ring Magazine pound for pound list maybe once, maybe twice, like the lower half. He's never been high on the list. But if you were to go out there and give Terrence Crawford hell, and let's just say he beats him 116-112, 115-113, if Terrence falls precipitously, like down that list, because you have Inouye, Usyk, you have Tyson Fury, you have – there's so Two many – Two undisputed champions. Yeah, like you have Tiafimo. Taylor. That's, like you have – like oh, Terrence falls. Grasping to nine. And then is he somewhere around Loma? That's what I'm saying. It's like, well, where do you put him with Loma? I don't put Loma at the end of mine anymore either, but I mean – got to be down there. Steve. That's what I'm saying. Like, he has his entire boxing career is on the line on Saturday. Yeah. Like, Sean has done everything that Sean could possibly do. Like, if he were to lose, we, he's expected to lose. He's the underdog. If he loses, you go, all right, well, he lost. We can move on. He'll fight Boots. He'll fight Virgil. He'll fight. Yeah. There's all these people he can fight. He'll, whatever. Terrence loses. Everything changes. That's it. You get you hit free agency, you want to go to PBC? Because now they're really lowballing. Yeah, well, yeah like, they, ain't, they ain't paying for They're going to make you fight Virgil and Boots. Yeah, they're not, they're not paying for a 30, 33-year-old 33. to be old, right? Like, they're just, you, you just lost to one of our guys. So, hey, take this lowball offer. Yeah. And top rank can say, hey, we'll sign you, but what are we saying? What are we paying for? Yeah. There's no way for you to fight. No. You want to go back to 40? Well, you fight Taylor. I mean, does Taylor want to fight him anymore if he loses to Sean Porter? That's a good question. This, it, Terrence has so much pressure. It's pressure. He won't acknowledge it. That's yeah. what Terrence Crawford is. He won't acknowledge that it's there. But, dude, there is so much pressure on him in this fight. He can't lose. So how does how, this fight go? I have Bud winning 116-112. I have Bud winning a decision as well. I think it's really hard to predict this fight because – I've never seen Bud get pressured by somebody like Sean Porter. So I don't know how he's going to react to it. But I think he'll make the proper adjustments to win late. I think he'll be, he might end up down on the cards very early because Terrence is also a notoriously slow starter. 
Sean kind of isn't. Sean shows up and he's in your chest. So I think Terrence is going to have to do, he might give a couple rounds away, but he can't wait till round four to start. He's got to get started early. If he doesn't, he'll be down too many rounds. He started slow in several fights. He, yeah. he, can't, he can't afford to do that because it gives Sean confidence and it, put, it puts Terrence in a hole. But I think Terrence will figure it out if he has to go switch to Southpaw or he has to go to Orthodox, whatever adjustment he has to make, he's very underrated in his ring IQ and what he has to do to create distance, what he has to do to land those punches. I'm going to pick him winning. Actually, I'm going to pick him winning a split decision. I think there's going to be a lot of ugly rounds where Sean looks like he's outworking him, but Terrence might land the better punches. And I think we'll have like three or four swing rounds. No, I think, I think so because you look at it and it's just, again, punches and bunches when Sean comes at you. So if they don't land or they don't land as crisp, or they, Terrence, what he has to do is when he gets range, like the little pockets where he gets range, he has to really crush with jabs and, and punches to the body because you got to score when you can. Yeah. Because Sean's going to be in your chest. It's going to be real hard to see who's winning that. So when you're at a distance, you have to hit him with your jab. You have to make it clear that, okay, I'm hitting him clean. And then when we're in fighting, we're going to go 50-50. But those jabs will win you the round at the end because you landed the clean punches at a distance. So he has to do that. And then there's going to be two rounds. You got to hurt Sean. You have to. You have to Because I don't know if you're going to get him out of there. But you got to hit him with something where he'll – on CompuBox will probably be like 20 to 21 punches to 14 landed. But Bud hurt him. Like, one of those right hands, like, wobbled him a bit. Cool, got him to take a step back. And you win that round even though you're down seven punches. Those, those are the rounds you got to steal. Yeah, the, and here's the other thing. Sean, I, I hope that Sean doesn't think for one minute. He did this against, was it Familia? Well, he started boxing. And I was like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> that ain't you. Sean Porter has thrown 71.4% of his punches are power punches. How's this? Hooks, uppercuts, anything but a jab. 71% of his punches are power punches. In one of those fights, and I, I'm trying to remember which one it was, he was shooting the jab, and I was like, what is he doing? That's not your game. <laughs> Stop throwing the jab. If you come out here trying to jab with Terrence Crawford, you jab with a, you, or you know, you can't hook with a hook or you can't jab with a jabber. You can't do this with Terrence Crawford. You got to fight your fight, make Terrence fight your fight to have a chance to win. And you can't wait. Can't. Got to be from the get-go. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say it's either a split decision or majority decision for Terrence Crawford. If he stops him, I would be surprised. Me too. I'd be shocked. And that, if, that'll if he, say. If he stops him. Everything you need to If he stops him, Errol, you have to fight him now. There's no question. <laughs> Errol Spence has That's to it. fight Terrence Crawford. And then the winner fights Ugas. Like, yeah, whatever. Like, well, whatever, Ugas. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, they gave him a million mandatories. Yeah, it's like, but who cares? But if you're Errol Spence and you're sitting at home and you watch a guy knock out a guy that you had hell with, you want a split decision, dog, nobody's, except for Kel Brook. Kel Brook is the only person that he, I think he got a 118, 110 scorecard against Sean Porter, which was wide, right? And I hated that. Every other fight, held Sean Porter has lost by a round or two. Yep. If Terrence Crawford is to stop him, Errol Spence better get on Twitter and be like, you're next. Let's unify these titles. He has to, unquestionably. Uh, so if you're, at, if you're at home watching this fight, I'm going to say this, and you'll see what I mean when I come back on Sunday. Pay very close attention to everything that happens on Sunday night. 
That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Just pay, pay very close attention. Interesting. You, I remember the last time you said this. Yes. Just pay, pay close attention, man. It's, it's a... Uh, Movement's moving. Yeah. It, things, things, things is happening. Things, things are happening. Wish I was famous like the old man over here. I ain't famous. Just, <laughs> just know if you listen to this podcast and you know what I do and what I have done, pay very close attention to Sunday night. When you, if you see it, you'll know it. Then just at me. Just let me know. I see <laughs> just it. Like, just say, I, I see, see it. I see it. I see it. Just, just, I'll be around. Man, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a fun one. Yeah. So. This, this, this is. I don't even care about the undercard, right? Like I, I don't. But if anybody at home, you should be paying for this fight. Like, this is one of the best fights oh, that yeah. could be put together this year. I mean, the undercard's set up for people to get knocked out. Like, yeah. if we're just keeping it above. Like, it's not like, oh, my God, these are great matchups or it's a title. No, the undercard, if you're paying for the fight, expect three knockouts and then Terrence Crawford. Yeah, like, I'm going to be watching it's set up. I'm gonna be watching UFC on my computer. I'll probably watch uh, uh, Impact's Turning Point until the main event. <laughs> Impact's Turning Point <laughs> is this weekend. I'll probably be watching those. Like, I don't really care, but this this – this main event, it's the goods, man. It is. It is. So we appreciate you all for listening, as always. On Sunday, we've been having the live streams. We won't live stream our podcast on Sunday because we will have a WWE Survivor Series watch party streaming. We'll be here at Blue Wire Studios, chilling, chopping it up. Talking Producer Cole, baby, setting it all up for us. It is going to be a blast. So if you guys are hanging out watching pro wrestling on Sunday, join us. Just hop on to the Corner Podcast Twitter page and you'll see the little live stream there. I'll be in the chat. The old man will pull it up on his phone. We'll be talking spicy. Yeah, the yeah. Whole thing. Uh, uh, for those of you who watch the live stream, this, is, this will be our first watch along. This will be yep. something completely new. Like we're just, hey, we're blue wires like crash test dummies. Like they're just trying Love everything it. on us. So <laughs> But if you add us, ask us questions, we'll answer them. Yeah. Because we're going to be watching this. Unfortunately, I'm not drinking, so I can't be drunk. Kel probably be oh, three streets to the wind. By the end of this, I am going to be stupid drunk. Do not fire me, Blue Wire. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, I mean, listen, we've all watched a WWE pay-per-view. Want me to be sober during this? Like, it's, it's not aid, though. It's asking a lot. Yeah, the, the, I can't the, believe I'm doing this. The man. pacing, I, I think... I don't know. There's like a dewdrop match, I think. Is there? I think she's like uh, hunting down the champion. She has a. She has I know a she's legit. been beefing with Bianca. I, I don't oh, know. with Bianca. It might be on the pre-show, so maybe I'm. But I'm just saying, there's like a lot of time for me to refill my drink. It's a lot on it's, this card. It's a lot to watch, but we will be. Sitting. Yes, some pizza, some guests. It, it's gonna be fun. It, it is really gonna be fun. So it's it'll a be chill environment. It'll so. be the first time us trying it, so please join us for that. Um, and it's. It, I mean, you kind of just made me say I have to do it because. Before this podcast, I was like, maybe I'll do it, but now I have to. Cause no, we're, yeah, we're, we're locked in. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe we'll do some more of these, and we'll figure out ways to be more interactive with you guys that listen and watch along with us. So it'll be fun. Yeah, and no, again, it's trial and error, but I feel like there's going to be no error. We're going to have a blast. It's going to be fun to all watch the pay-per-view together and chop it up and, and talk pro wrestling, which you guys wanted, and you've made your voice heard, so we're finding creative ways to give you um, great wrestling content as well with, you know, partnering Blue Wire, and they're very open to these things, so we appreciate the platform there. In the meantime, make sure you guys follow us on social media, at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter. That's where you find the live stream, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Uh, me, at Kel Dansby, him, at Andreas Hale. Usually this is where we would end the show, 
And you'd be like, oh, okay, man, I got to wait until the weekend to have another show. Well, there's a bonus at the end of this. We have a guest, Terrence McKinney from the UFC. He fights this weekend. And we're like, you know what? Even though it's our boxing show, yo, Terrence, join us. Call in. Let's chop it up. He has one of the best UFC debuts, I, I think, in history. Seven-second knockout on his, on his last fight, which was his first fight in the UFC. So can he top that? How does he feel going into this weekend? We chop it up. He has an amazing story on how he grew up. Tons to talk about with Terrence. God, the man died twice of a drug overdose. Came he back. died twice of a drug overdose and made it, started his MMA career. So yeah. yeah. I mean, the guy is a fighter through and through. So stay with us. You guys get that interview after this. All right, the latest guest on the Corner Podcast with myself and Andreas Hale, UFC's Terrence McKinney in the building. Big fight coming up this weekend in Vegas. Terrence, man, thank you for taking time out and joining us. I know during fight week it gets like a little crazy, the weight cut, all this stuff. You're in the hotel room right now. So taking time out to speak with us, we really appreciate it. Yeah, the pleasure's all mine, man. I'm excited to get talking with you guys. Uh, Terrence, before I start, man, um, I need to ask you this question. I need you to give me an honest answer. Uh, how the hell are you the underdog against Ferris this weekend? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, but my homies play some bad more money in their pockets, so <laughs> we're liking the vibes. We like the energy. Okay. So, so for those who don't know, uh, Terrence McKinney made his uh, promotional debut, UFC 263, seven-second knockout. It's a record. He comes to this fight this weekend against Ferris Aeem and uh, – he ends up as the underdog, and I don't, I don't know what kind of uh, crack they're smoking to make a guy who gets a record-breaking knockout to be a, an underdog. But I guess the point is is that you got to prove him wrong again, right? You got to prove it's no fluke. Yeah, that's my favorite part, man. You know, I'm about to show them this, this isn't a fluke, and I've really been doing this since, since the beginning. Is there any added pressure coming off of a performance like that, right? So it's like the fastest knockout in UFC history. So you, you go. Uh, there's no pressure at all, you know. My job is just to win at the end of the day, and I learned that through wrestling, you know. And and as long as I come out there and put my heart and soul out there, there's nothing for me to be ashamed of. I got nothing to prove to them. I'm doing this for me, my family. So at the end of the day, as long as I get a win, no matter if that's by decision or submission, I'm going to be grateful to God for it, you know, because I ain't, I ain't never had this kind of money before in my life. So I'm going to be grateful regardless if it's first round or third round. I got to ask you, because you just mentioned that the money, you won a performance of the night bonus. What's the first thing you did with that money? I, I didn't get the full bonus. got like 10000 but I went and paid off all my school and court debt. Wait, wait, wait. Why didn't you get the full bonus? Uh, I don't know, but it is what it is. I mean, this is I got that like car. Uneff- I, I got like an unofficial bonus. Okay. Oh, okay. So, you go out this weekend. You're one of, again, people are looking at your fight like, man, we got to see this kid again. If you get the 50K, the full 50K, this fight, what are you doing? I'll make some wise investment in some crypto companies. I'm already talking to some partners we've been studying. And just uh, just get that residual income. That's what we're looking to do. All right. So, Terrence, you got a, a, an amazing story. Um and you've had the opportunity, I know you've been telling it, and I hope you're not tired of telling it because you've been through a lot. Uh, how, 
you clinically died twice before you've gotten to this point. And your story is inspirational to a lot of people. But can you tell me this? Because if, for whatever reason, what didn't happen happened, would you be an MMA fighter? Uh, yeah. Or a wrestler. doesn't matter. I just love to compete, to be honest with you guys. Like, I do this because, like, I really love seeing if I'm a savage like I said I am. You know, I always thought I was like, you know, I always had, like, that alpha male in me. Like, what's up? We can get it right now. We homeless. We can go box in the backyard. I always just been that kind of guy, you know. And this this is my chance to prove it to the to the world on that guy. And so it's just been a fun ride. With everything that you've been through, is I don't want to say like you're kind of playing with house money, but does it help you like going into the fight, staying calm? Like we hear a lot of stories where people are like, I've been through so much in life. I fear nothing in the octagon. Like there's nothing you can do to me in the octagon that. I'm scared of, and you go in there with a different level of comfort and just understanding, like, yeah, I'm just in here to compete where other people may be scared or nervous. Is Do you use all of what you've been through kind of as motivation going forward when you fight? Uh, yes, and mostly what my mom went through, you know, growing up in the street Chicago. Like, I just feel like it's a disrespect to her if I quit or give up or anything like that. Like, my mom went through so much, and... She could have easily gave up. She never gave up on me or anyone. Like when my mom was getting her hand broken with the bat by the gang, because I was looking at the window, she she didn't even cry, you know, because I was looking out the window and she was getting her hand beat with the bat by the gang, who so-called loved her, you know what I'm saying? So, like, if my mom can do that, like, I refuse to disrespect the hard work and the sacrifice she's made being soft out here. Like, I'm ready to die for my dream, you know? Mom took care of my whole life, so I'm gonna make sure her house is paid off before I do anything. You know, that's just that's just what real dudes do. You know, uh, take us back because those who are listening may not know, necessarily know your story. And you were a wrestler. It seems like you were on the course to become a wrestler, go to college for wrestling, and your life took a turn. Can you kind of walk us through what happened? Um, I knew this was possible. I just had to make the necessary adjustment. Really, really look at my life and just give it to God. Like, obviously, I'm doing this for a reason to block something out, you know. I went to counseling. I I did the things I really didn't want to do, but I, I knew it was a must, and I'm just grateful to God to be on the winning side again. You mentioned growing up in Chicago and, and how tough it was and watch your mother. What was it like for you in, in terms of, you know, your wrestling and obviously sports is such a, a good way to kind of detach yourself from what's going on in your environment. But how much did growing up in Chicago and growing up how you did, how much did that toughen you up and get you to where you are now? Uh, it toughened me up, you know, and and just like as I get older, I got I really realized like I was max my mom could have been around, but we couldn't have had the things that we got today if she didn't do that. Like, because I had to live in Linesville, Alabama growing up with my grandma. And then she had 11 kids there, so, like, and they're all big as hell. We all fought, and it was, and I was the run of the group, so I, I had to get tough, you know. <laughs> I had no choice. Uh, when did you first realize that you could fight? Um, honestly, even when I lost my fights growing up to my uncles, I still loved it, you know. Wait, and so I was you like, fought your uncles? Guys, <laughs> I, I was like, wait, 
And every time I had, I was like, wait till I get older. Ain't, ain't none of you guys going to be able to mess with me. I'm telling you time, just wait. Wait. So I'm gonna make sure I'm able to kick all you, all you guys' butt. Just watch. So you wait. <laughs> how did you end up fighting your uncles? Like usually you fight your siblings. You were fighting your uncles. Yeah, I live with my uncles and aunties. Yeah, and my cousin. <laughs> just throwing hands with anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, <laughs> we all but... fought growing up. That, you know how siblings be. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and couples wear the same size of clothes. You know how that goes. Getting mixed up with all, all everyone that's living there. You know. Something's bound to pop off. Too many heads, you know. <laughs> um, you're on a four-fight winning streak now, including your USC debut. Do you feel like something just clicked? Do you feel like you're you're in your prime now, and like that light switch just went off, and then you're ready to just be the best you now? Do you feel like okay, now I'm getting comfortable in the sport of MMA, and you're ready to go forward and be even better than what we've seen already? I think what it was is just taking those two losses so I could humble myself. And um, I knew what I had to do, you know. I got to give God the glory, you know, or he'll humble us himself, you know. You know, God works in mysterious ways, you know. And I peeped the signs, and I knew what I had to do. And I knew what God called me to do, you know, for, with my story. He gave me this platform to bring people to him, help people heal. So, like, I, I knew what time it was, and, you know. And I think it's, I'm in the USC at the perfect time, like, mentally, physically, like, I think everything happened for a reason, and I'm excited to see where this journey goes. All right, so if you get a, let's just say you get a knockout victory, right? If you get another one, uh, you ain't flipping off cages anymore, are you? What, what's the celebration this time? Um, we got a few tricks in the bag, but you guys just have to wait to see, but we're definitely we're definitely getting this man out of here the first round mark my word so it, it's gonna be a first round knockout so but i want to go back to that first knockout what made you do a flip off the cage was that something that you just usually did no i was just caught a moment honestly i felt like superman like honestly i thought i was about to start flying i was even focused on landing back on the ground i was in the moment I was like jesus take the wheel <laughs> this can't be real <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I ain't backflipping off of nothing, so I give you an A forever. I, you will not yeah. catch me backflipping off of anything. No, <laughs> we, uh, we appreciate you joining us, man. Best of luck to you this week, and um, we'll be watching. Always entertaining. Look forward to not just this weekend, but your entire UFC run. Nothing but the best to you. Bright future ahead of you. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, guys. The pleasure of mine, and God bless, man. Hope you guys see everything you want to see this year. Thank you. Appreciate Thank it, you. Take it easy. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. 
Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.